0: to see if I can do the Facebook thing in case we need to. Uh... So though you do most of that way, in.
1: Okay.
2: In a world of divisiveness, we bring you diversity. In a world of hate, we bring you love. In a world of fear, we inspire you to live. And now, laughing, loving, and alive with your hosts, Rain Thomas, Elmer J. Howard, and Dr. Kevin.
3: Hello, today I am Rain Thomas.
2: I'm Dr. Kevin.
0: What is that? First, I'm third. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you okay, don't need numbers I
0: recognize you too <laughs> oh
2: boy this is exciting who's going to start is that going to be you Elmer
0: don't start <laughs> when you can't finish Elmer
3: <laughs> where do I start I've had a crazy week my Mac totally crashed I was getting the blue screen of death on my PC lost 12 hours rebuilding my Mac this week all the pre-production for kings and queens is coming up uh we're actually um, a month from now august 24th about a month from now or not 24th it's going to be the 23rd the show that we have on the 23rd i actually will be broadcasting from the set of kings and queens because i will be down um i'm staying on set in one of the locations that we are using during the week
2: we're uh, also on set
3: so it's actually a Leonard the Leonard Bond Chapman house in okay. Portland Maine. It's a historic home. Um, it's, it's pretty big. It's really nice. It's it's gonna double as two locations for us and, and as our production house and as our Airbnb for me, my writer, and my DP.
0: Your 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 toilet paper?
3: Do I, do you have to print <laughs> I'll tell Brett you call them toilet paper. Hey. And I figured I'd have them jumped on since since they'll be there. I'll have them jump on for this part before we introduce our guests on that show. Have them come in and say hi, talk a little bit about the movie we're making.
0: I guess so, is that all right with you, Rain?
2: Hey, you know it's great with me, I love it. The more the merrier, it just shows how diverse we are.
0: We're diverse? I thought we all looked alike, sounded alike, had the we're same, different. aren't we identical? I thought we were triplets. We were the reverse Oreo cookie.
2: Exactly, and now like in here, it's not even an Oreo cookie. I'm not sure what this is because I'm on one end and Dr. Ken is on the other.
3: Yeah, I see that on mine too. And actually, is that what's happening on Facebook? What's what's happening on Facebook now? Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, that kind of looks like that. I
0: Facebook. I I don't know. I don't know. My Facebook for some reason is not 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 letting me open it on my iPad. So now I'm going to try to see if I can do it on my. Um, uh my phone just in case there's something i should like you know do like be like be somebody or something i i don't know so so rain what made you laugh this week
2: oh what made me laugh that's a very good question let's see here um and you said this week which would start today right
3: no you last <laughs> week <laughs> or past two weeks since we've seen you and talked to you
2: oh yes you know what made me laugh the fact that uh some guy named Elma Howard was texting me all of these things about technology and that made me laugh because I had absolutely no idea what he was talking about. He's <laughs> like, yeah, something about the peapod and a something about something on the computer. And that you know, I have just tell me what to do. Don't even bother telling me what it is. It's
0: <laughs> peapods. Peapods. That's supposed to be very healthy healthy for you. Are yeah, we yeah, going to show on
3: now? Well, we can actually, we, yes, we can actually announce that since you brought it up. Um, we are in the process. I get the first show on to uh, Peen Bods. Um, is that what it's called? Now you got me all screwed up. It's, <laughs> um, it's, a, it's, a streaming, it's a streaming platform for podcasts, for video podcasts specifically, since we have video and we also do some audio. And we're getting out onto iTunes and to Google um, Google. Not Google Play, but something on Google and a few others. We're putting it out there. It's trying to get on Spotify and iHeartRadio as well. So um, it's moving forward and we have patronages. Um, people can come and support for one dollar or five dollars a month, can support the podcast to help us keep it going. Uh, so we can, you know, make sure, you know, Dr. Kevin can get hair and makeup done before each show and
0: and <laughs> and such.
2: Oh boy, there went that money.
0: Oh, excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> I don't need anybody to do my hair and makeup. I walk out this fabulous. Thank you very much.
2: Bow down, bow down. Yes, um, for everybody out there that's watching and not watching, because a lot of you go back to watch, um, y'all know that I am called shameless beggar. So, you know, I know you can throw a dollar on there or five, but please don't make me call you. And I know you're watching the show and you know how that goes. I've watched I've your kids' cookie dough and- I set, a goal, I set a
3: goal that once we hit $1,000 a month in patronages that we'll do some specials of, on, you know, kind of in the field type of things where, you know, the three of us can get together and go somewhere and actually do it in person and do something special. No, that
2: would
0: be super fun. In the field, I need a note from my husband.
2: <laughs> and I also need to know what kind of field because, you know, based on genetic background, I... Uh, I need to
0: make sure I know where we're going. <laughs> Everything is forever.
2: Okay, I can go there. I like that
0: part. There you go. I got you covered. You know, we'll we'll try to make uh, we're try to make sure that Elmer doesn't make too many PC gaffes here. Uh, have, have I made some already? Uh, so, anyways, telling us she needs to go back to the field? I don't know. <clears throat> it could be touchy. Uh, anyways, uh,
3: speaking of fields. Um, did you guys hear about uh, a recent death? Two recent deaths that happened this week. Regis. Yeah. And Olivia De Havilland. Yes, yeah. Alive. That's what uh, the field. For some reason brought up the hills, and then you know the hills are alive, and then the sound of music. So.
0: What does Olivia De Havilland have to do with the sound of music?
2: Wasn't she in?
0: No. I was <laughs> like,
2: I'm not sure of the correlation, but you know, I mean, I. I
0: she was in gone with the wind and she was very famous. And one of the glam actresses, uh, in like the thirties, forties, fifties, sixties. Um, but, uh, you know, unless she was like uh, hiding behind a tree, no, she wasn't on that mountain.
3: Uh, (laughs) I don't know. I thought she was on the, I thought it was the sound of music. It's one of those old movies, you know, so.
0: Okay. So I want to, I want to pick you two's brains live here on air. So I I am launching a regular little mini set of videos called Dr. Kevin discusses whether, you know, they're only going to be like three to five minutes, but certain topics people want me to talk about would like my my, my yeah. Dr. Kevin on. Um, and uh. Max, who you don't know who I mean, Rain, but Elmer knows exactly who I mean, is creating like a solid branded intro page, and he asked me three words that he only wants three words on the page that kind of describe me, and so I I've come up with a bunch of words. Elmer's done this exercise with me so many times; he's probably reaching for the toms. But um, what three words in your interactions with me, especially? I'd be interested to hear from you, Rain. Not. You know, because Alvarez called me many words over the years uh, and some I couldn't put on a on a on a branding slide here. Uh, what, what three words and for the for the listeners, the people that have been watching us, the viewers, people that are watching us that know me. What three words say to you, Dr. Kevin, besides Dr. Kevin, uh, of course, what do you think? What three words should I have him put on this branding slide that's going to go on all those videos?
2: Are you asking me or is Elmer just kind of over there hoping that you're asking me?
0: No, I want both of you to weigh in. Rain, pour upon me your wisdom, your marketing, your brilliance, your beauty.
2: Let's see. As I stroke my goatee, uh, I like vivacious for you. When you come on, you're just full of energy and vitality and excitement. I love it.
0: Okay, so that, let me see, vivacious, that's V-I-C-I-O-U-S. Sure. Vicious. <laughs> so vivacious. Sure. I need two more. Come on, come on, Alma. I need two more. I put in passionate.
2: Yeah, definitely. I need one more. Um,
3: no guarantee I'm going to use it. Hey, well, I'm going I'm to call an call audience member who, who happens to be here. Andy,
0: <laughs> uh, we got, welcome, <laughs> Bridget. Brett, welcome, Bridget. Welcome, David. Stick around. Glad to see you're here. Please, this is your this is your chance. How would you describe me? All the other listeners, that's the two I've got on my screen. I'm sure we've got more between all of the different places we're pushing this out right now, but the two that appear to me. Andy, Andy said intuitive. Intuitive, vivacious, and passionate. I love it. Oh, okay. Let me write those down. Let me see. Let me do my best. Intuitive. Okay. So, I don't want to forget them. So, Albert, what made you laugh this week? Obviously, having a rotten apple didn't.
3: No. Oh, laugh. Um, uh, the only thing I can remember making me laugh is just watching some comedies on TV, trying to escape the the rough week I've had, and it has not been rough in a bad way. It's Just like I said, you know, rebuilding the computer and being busy and um, nothing bad. Um, although uh, I have to, I have to have a session with you, Kevin, soon um, about about my my uh, accounting firm. Actually, um, I'm realizing that I am not I'm not happy with it. I'm not loving it anymore. And we're talking about laughing, loving, and alive, and it does not make me laugh. So I'm like, yeah. You no, know, I also, you know, I think I actually subconsciously am starting to sabotage myself. And so like, yeah, I think I got to like.
0: Um, please make sure those are not my books you're working on when you sabotage yourself, please. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> there are some people you do accounting for. I would, be, I would be really okay if you screwed up their books, but not mine. Uh,
2: <laughs> oh, boy yeah this is where we start seeing that when the guests are actually listening in the back hearing the crazy stuff we're saying right now okay. my clients are listening i'm going to be getting a lot of phone calls tomorrow uh, well you're getting a lot of drop business tomorrow right right
0: yeah there you go so, yeah well so you know one of the things is and it's going to sound odd that i want to bring this up with, with the show called laughing loving and Alive. But this just happened a couple of days ago, and something Elmer said made me think about it, and I want to pass it on to our listeners, viewers, our in-between whatevers, um, is, so I know somebody who recently lost their dog of almost uh, close to 18 years, and they'd had him as a puppy. And of course, very gut-wrenching, a lot of people, you know, their animals are like their children, whatever. And I was talking to this, you know, to this man, and he was saying how, you know, his wife is like sending him pictures of puppies and really wants him to get a puppy and, you know, and thinks that will help him come up and stuff like this. And I had to say to him, you have to tell her, stop. You need time to grieve. You need time to create the space and for the space to open up that you will be ready to bring in a new energy that will not be in the shadow of the old energy and it's you know and and for years i've worked you know one of the part of my practice has been death and dying and working with families and you know and of course doing mediumship talking to dead people but that's beside the point um, and oh,
2: this show proves that
0: yeah but um just to but just to remember that you know Part of being alive is feeling all of our emotions, feeling them in a way in which we don't try to rush them. We don't try to put them on somebody else's schedule. We we can be a little melancholy. It's okay if you're a little down. I mean, obviously, you don't want to like hop in down and roll around it like a you know like a pig in a pig sky for the next ten years. But I mean, th- I mean, th- this dog only died like ten days ago. I mean, so, and out there, I think that a lot of times people feel a pressure to get on with it when somebody passes. And I think that it's very important to know that part of being alive is to grieve, to feel the pain, to have the memories, to celebrate and to cry and do all of those things and do them at the pace that you need to do them. And then when it opens up, It'll be time for him to get another puppy. He's a dog person. He's going to get another dog, but it's going to be the right time, you know? And he's like, well, you know, and and he knows that this is an act of love on his wife's part. He knows she's trying to be, you know, helpful. And so I gave him the final little thing to take home when he talked to her. And I said, just tell her when you go and talk to her at home, I said, just say, honey, if I found your replacement 10 days after you died, would you be upset?
2: then he'd be dead too. So now we'd be talking about somebody else you'd be mourning. There's something, don't take that advice, sir, whoever you are, don't take that last part, trust me. Yeah, no, terrible words to live by. Yeah, that's.
0: Hey, he got the point. I I don't think he probably went, he probably might've gone home and said, well, I was talking to Dr. Kevin and you know and he said, you know it would be like me doing blah 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 to you so then it's my that then I get to be the bad guy which is okay. I love this shirt I don't know if you can tell it's got all these pretty colored alligators and stuff, but it's got great shoulders. I can hold all the weight I can I can be the fall guy I can you the-
2: mean you could be the pall bearer because that's exactly what would happen he goes there and say, honey ten days after you guys that conversation is dead at that point. he's dead man.
0: No, no it starts with, Dr. Kevin said,
2: mm-hmm.
0: "Wouldn't it be like, not?
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah, Oh, that's okay because it also ends with, and you never get to talk to Dr. Kevin again.
0: <laughs> oh, wow well.
2: I'm, well, I'm saving you. Yeah, okay. I don't understand what's going on in the show today. You got Elmer talking about." screwing up people's taxes you got you on there giving this advice people go home get their heads knocked off we we need to to do something inspiring because i'm not sure what i'm capable of saying after all that information
0: um knowing you rain you'd be capable of saying almost anything
2: (laughs) (laughs) exactly why we need to bring on a guest any guest
0: I'm in game. I got some questions for this guest after we get the introduction out of the way. I'm ready. Go. Ahead. All right.
2: Where are you at? Where are you at, Ellis?
3: I'll bring him on. You start introducing him.
2: All right. Come on, Ellis. Stop hiding back there. I hear you skittering
0: around. Probably after hearing the show, he decided not to come.
2: I don't <laughs> blame him. Hey. I can't hear him, is he? How
3: about now? There you go. You gotta...
2: There you go. Yeah. Wow, Ellis, I want to thank you for coming on this show. Um, I, I'm going to bring Dr. Kevin and Elmer. Um, I'm not going to bring them all the way up. I'm going to have you bring them all the way up. But um, LS and I met, I don't know, a few years now, right? Yeah, it's been about yeah, a, at a At a cannabis uh, thing where I was helping one of my friends who's a cannabis baker. And I mean, we just kind of hit it right off and they had this, this hip hop show. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a Bronx girl. I'm born and raised Bronx girl, as you can see, and I can't came to shame, came to shame. (laughs) And it's, you know, hip hop was huge in the culture. You know, we came up where it started, you know, it was like, some of the seventies and eighties and, you know, me being able and honored to go to school with some of the best, you know, Dana Day and I and Slick Rick and, you know, all those people that came and created a different style. Um, I don't know if you guys saw it. I posted the graffiti on the subway cars because that was huge in the old New York city. People put, I mean, it just became art. Of course, it's vandalism, but they turned it into art and it was a great way to express And you can see the culture coming out then. So once LS and I, you know, chat, they had me on their show. And I was like, you want me on the hip hop show? Okay. But it turned out great because you know, you kind of get back to your roots and learn a little bit more about the angles that you had in your story. And so I wanted to bring you on because I wanted Elmer and Dr. Kevin to just find out why, I mean, this show is, you know, laughing, loving, and alive. And we want people from all walks of life. That's the beauty, especially in the climate we're living in now where everybody is, you know, this race and that race and this person hates that person. I mean, it's been going on a lifetime it's always been there, but, um, I want to prove on this show that we all are from one place. We're like a global love and no matter what the music is, you know, How does it relate? I mean, I don't know. Maybe Dr. Kevin is getting down with his hip hop when he's not on the show. I don't know, but we're going to find that out today. So Elmer and Dr. Kevin and LS, take it away.
0: LS, I'm going to start right out by um, commenting on your fashion.
1: Okay, thank you.
0: Ready for that?
1: Yeah, go ahead, I'm ready.
0: Here you go. Your t-shirt says, this is hip hop. Define that for me. OK. I'm being very honest here, because I confuse hip hop and rap. I really don't know the difference. And I use the terms interchangeably. And I'm sure there are some places where I could probably get a very poor reception by doing that.
1: <laughs> Understood. <laughs> uh, first and foremost, I'd like to thank Thank you guys for having me first and foremost. Um, it's a pleasure to be on you guys' show. Um, and I also wanted to give, um, say rest in peace to John Lewis. He also passed away this week, a uh, civil rights icon, uh, walked across the uh, Edmund Pettus Bridge in protest for uh, you know, our civil rights and our voting rights. So I definitely wanted to uh, add him in that as well. And um, to answer your question, this is hip hop now i'll get into the difference between hip hop and rap and then i'll tell you what this is hip hop means to me so rap is a form of the music hip hop is the culture in itself we got the break dance break dancing graffiti the mc the dj and the knowledge all of those five elements make up the culture of hip hop. It's the way you talk, the way you walk, the way you dress, your attitude, and your expression. That's that the
0: same what, thing about drag queens.
1: Well, let me tell you. The, I say the maybe the very first drag queen who I would say would be, what's his name? Liberace. Uh, <laughs> well, in hip hop, we'll say hip hop. Oh. Young, Thug. Young Thug would be the drag queen of hip hop. <laughs> okay. He's the first one who was brave enough to wear a dress and wear it and didn't care what no one else thought. So I would categorize him as being <laughs> the first drag queen. <laughs> oh,
0: it's a cut. You know, you're, what yeah, you're, what I'm hearing is. It's, it's, it's a subculture. I mean, it, it, it has a, it has a whole universe. And so when I say rap music, I'm talking about some part of the subculture of hip hop. Okay. I, I wanted to understand cause I, I just didn't understand.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people, they categorize rap now rap and emceeing. Now there's two parts of that as well. You have your MCs and you have your rappers. So, what are MCs? Okay, masters of ceremony, and that's the person who can command a crowd at any time. Doesn't have to always be a lyricist, but he's the one who can get the crowd hype. He's the one who can spit a rap and make you feel good, and he's also the one that could just make get the party jumping. So, a DJ can also be an MC. There you go. You could be an MC. (laughs) Uh, Rapper is more or less one one who just he—that's all he does—is rap. He doesn't possess the MC format. So, if you you've ever seen a concert, or if you've ever seen, let's let's take take it to the Apollo or Soul Train, and you see a rapper up there, right? And we'll say we'll use the term rapper to distinguish the music part of it, right? or the, the individuals that are singing on the mic or rapping expressing. That would be more or less what they're doing is just rapping. But if you went to a live concert and you see Run DMC or any, any artists who throw your hands in the air and wave them like you just don't care. And if you're ready to rock with L.S. Everybody say, oh, yeah.
2: Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. You, you, get, you get what I mean? So and not only that, you know, they throw your hands up. I mean, it, it just varies, you know? There's no gun involved when I throw my hands up, right? Only if the MC says, everybody in the place, <laughs> throw your rollies in the sky, and everybody else rob the people outside. <laughs>
2: And and that only sounds funny, but I've been to a lot of those, you know, when (laughs) it first started, where people did start shooting, and it's like, oh, okay, well, what does this mean? And I think, you know, and Dr. Kevin, that's a very good, you know, kind of segue because a lot of times when people think of rap and the culture and hip hop, you know, it's it's muddled because it used to be clean and fun, and then all of a sudden, for me, it was like, okay. Um, I'm not a prude, but it's, I'm offended by some of the stuff I hear, but it's an expression. So I I mean, how to, Ellis, with that being said, with what Dr. Kevin said, when someone says rap is the reason we have so much violence, what's your spin on that?
1: Well, with me, a lot of people are going to be upset from what I got to say, because first and foremost... Um, I love hip hop. If it wasn't for hip hop, I probably would not be here talking to you right now, probably wouldn't even be alive. Um, but I will say, yes, some of it is the reason for a lot of death. A lot of it is is the reason for a lot of uh, negativity, violence, and so on and so forth that would be detrimental to not just um, Black people, but people in, in general, because everyone is affected by it in some way, some in, in some fashion. Um, but it's all about the type of hip hop that is being projected into the mainstream. Uh, it wasn't, cause hip hop started as a form of expression. You know, it was, it was in the inner city and it was created by Blacks and Latinos and this was, a this was, it started in the parks mm-hmm. and um, the park jams was to bring everybody together so that there is no gang violence and things of that nature. Because in, if you notice in the 70s in New York, there were a bunch of gangs. A lot of people didn't know that gang culture was prevalent in New York City. And um, you had the Zulu nation who came from the, uh, I don't want to get it, uh, I don't want to get it wrong, so I don't want to say, um, I- I'll just leave that out because I'm drawing a blank right now, but the Zulu Nation with Africa Bambada, uh, what he did was he gathered all the gangs in New York together and formed one nation, which is the Zulu Nation, and uh, they, it was about freedom, justice, equality, and peace, and cool Herc. Another forefather was the guy who brought everybody to Sedgwick Ave in his building, in the rec room, to party. And they would throw these parties because hip-hop is, hip-hop came from the Caribbean culture as well. A lot of people didn't know that. And it was made to just bring us all together under one umbrella, and that was hip-hop. He brought the graffiti writers, he brought the, 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 the break dancers. He brought the uh, DJs and that's what it was. And the MC came because it was about the DJ. And the MC would pick up the mic and he would just talk about the DJ. And then as it progressed, they would say these slick sayings and then all of a sudden people would say poems and put it in a, to the beat, to the break beat because they would have break beats in the middle of these records and they would play those. And that's was the birth of the MC. So fast forwarding, when it became a moneymaker, that's when it, it went to the West Coast, it went everywhere else. And people started to talk about things that went on in their neighborhood. And a lot of it didn't, a lot of it wasn't necessarily positive, but it wasn't to glorify it. They were speaking from a place of contrite. And what happened was it morphed into something, I would say derogatory because other people started to just talk about these stories. And then the record label said, you know what? Is this what these people, this is what sells? And this is what they're saying? Well, let them say it. But it wasn't wasn't until the censor, when they had the sticker, the censor sticker parental advisory, when that parental advisory sticker went on that record, that's when it went into the big record stores and now the poison started to get in there. So now it's an unwritten rule or unwritten, it's unwritten that it's hip hop music is broken up into different genres within itself
0: well give me um give me an example of some of the genres that hip-hop music in because uh, you know i've i've seen amazing artists that can can do a rap can do something you know can can really it's a it's not just singing to me it's also performance art it's a it, you know there's, it's a performance. It's performance art, just like it's uh, the the graffiti is art. I, I used to have a TV show that was for by and about artists to support and promote artists, and I had a couple of different graffiti artists on that would get hired to go do graffiti as as art, you know, like their graffiti style as art on sides of buildings and stuff. And so I see all of the art side of it, um, but then. I have to say, I I really did get very turned off with some of the lyrics that seemed very violent or misogynistic. Um, They seemed like they were very, uh, you know, uh, they could be homophobic. I mean, and there was a lot of anger. and, And so when I look at it, I go, you're telling me it was started to try to bring unity and peace. When did the hate and the anger come in, and what are the different genres of, of hip hop when you say there are now genres in hip hop?
1: Okay, so I'll start with the genres, genres first. Um, so we have uh, backpack rap, which would be, I would put artists like Black Moon in it, Kanye in the beginning. Then you have gangster rap, then you have hardcore rap hardcore hip-hop uh then you have conscious hip-hop which that's what it started out to be was conscious then you have um kind of a hip-hop soul if you will and you would classify the roots in that genre and then you have mainstream rap which is anything that is being pumped on the radio, commercial, so to speak.
0: Commercially successful, yeah.
1: Absolutely. Now, um, when did it become an angry music? Well, it became angry. I would say some of the lyrics became angry when people started, the MCs started to talk about society and the impoverished situations that they were in. Um, You had KRS-One with the Stop the Violence Movement, but his first album was called Criminal Minded. And uh, they were posing on the uh, cover with an Uzi and a handgun and a a nine millimeter. And uh, they had songs on there, um, nine millimeter, I mean they had a bunch of songs but within these songs it was social commentary about what's going on in the neighborhood and it was more of a cry to the government and the system and when it when it became that cry a lot of the people who criticized that music when it was when when that music was being pushed into into the inner cities and then into the suburbs they didn't listen because they didn't have the ear for hip hop. So you, if you have an ear for hip hop, the curse words and all of the misogynistic lyrics and things of that nature, you'll, you'll hear it, but then you'll hear the message because you'll be able to understand. Uh, my wife and I, she always asked me about what is this guy saying? What is this guy saying? Because I'll, I'm always hearing this, this, and this. This is what I hear. And then I would have to break down the lyrics to her because there's a lot of metaphors within that as well. So I'll have to break it down to her so she can understand. So now when she listens to other records, she can actually, she developed an ear and say, oh, I get what he's saying. Um, another thing that you said was um, what you mentioned was homophobic. So with that being said, in hip hop, you had a lot of Muslims. You had a lot of devout Christians. You had a, a lot of 5%ers, um, uh, Israelites, so on and so forth. And with that being said, homo- ho- homosexuality had no place in the hip hop form, because it, uh, it, in hip hop because it was the music of the streets and it always represented masculinity. So that was, uh, I guess it was an unwritten rule. However, when you think about prison, the first thing you don't you think about, you don't think about uh, people being homosexual. You think about hardcore criminals. So of course there have been plenty of homosexuals in hip hop, but it's a hush-hush thing. It's still taboo within hip hop, even though we know some of our mainstream rappers and our beloved rappers are closet homosexuals, that's a fact. Uh, But if you grew up in the 80s, like I did, if you seen somebody who was a homosexual, people would make fun of them, people would try to beat on them, so on and so forth. So that became a no-no in hip hop, period. You cannot express that. However, as time progressed on in the 90s, you started to see people not worrying about that because, at the end of the day, hip hop is going into certain clubs and they're not worrying about that. As long as you're not touching me or trying to come on to me, which they ain't trying to come on to you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, you're not, you know, nobody's trying to do that, but. Those are the ugly ones that think that they're
0: trying to come on to them, too.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And, uh, you know, it, it became. Whatever. You know? So LS. So, alas. so yeah. a couple right. of
0: things. I'm sorry, what I have No, a, no, okay. Uh so um a couple of things. So first of all, uh I I I I wanna separate out part of what I said about the anger, the anger I get. And there's a lot of reasons why uh, the people of color should be angry. They need to be angry. They need to be speaking out because being complete pacifist has not really got them very far at times. Um, and so having angry music that expresses. I mean, I would remember as a teenager um, finding the angriest songs I could. I found them all on Broadway.
1: But <laughs> Broadway. I would sing them
0: to the top of my lungs because they were saving my life as a way to express, because back then, you know, hip hop was what, when somebody said hip hop, you thought of, you know, um, you know the Easter Bunny. Uh, <laughs> that was the only hip hop that existed when I was a kid.
1: Absolutely.
2: Hey, Dr. Kevin.
0: Yeah.
2: I'm sorry. Can you hear Elmer? He said he's trying to ask a question, but I couldn't hear him.
1: Can, I just hear- we, can you hear me, hear me? You're a little choppy. You're a little
0: choppy. Uh,
3: weird. I was fine earlier. Yeah, Okay.
0: okay. So, um, go ahead and ask your question, Elmer. I'll get back picking on L.S. after this.
3: <laughs> I, I love it. I wanted to get back on the, the difference between and, and a question about, you know, being angry is one thing. That's what this Black Lives Matter, uh, you know, Matters movement is about, is, you know, it's angry about the treatment and, and that makes sense and that people should be angry and make change. So, I, you know, I understand having that in the, in the hip hop and in the rap. Um, what I don't get and what I'm wondering why they turn to is in, Why do they then add in and throw in, you know, the hatred, the violence on top of that and and some of the stuff that's, you know, obviously, you know, straight white old men are going to look at that and be like, you know, that's all bull because look, they're they're talking about abusing women or shooting up or, you know, so I'm just curious why would they, why did they go that way with, with the music when they were trying to get a message out there?
1: Okay, so remember when I I said uh, NW, when it went to the West Coast, And this is not a a slight to the West Coast at all, but when NWA came out, uh, they introduced the gangbanging culture uh, into hip hop. And well, I'm not gonna say gangbanging, but they introduced the West Coast way of living into hip hop. And that was the first time we've ever heard of, I mean, of course we've seen people get shot up we knew that gangs existed things of that nature but when it came to our music we had ll cool j run dmc curtis blow the list goes on fat boys they weren't rapping about that so when nwa came out it was more of a shock to everyone because they were talking about what was going on in their neighborhood and we got introduced to their style of gang banging now when i first heard nwa i thought that uh they were gonna kill me. And it was, I remember being at the park and a friend of mine put my headphones on my head and let me listen to NWA. And I thought that my mother was gonna kill me for listening to this music and she was way all the way at home because it was just like the the language that they used was crazy. Then it became their most popular record was F the police. And that's when everybody started, across America started to say, yeah, F the police. Because some some of us, if not all of us, and I'm not just limiting, limiting to the, uh, the African-American community, but some of us interacted with police and it wasn't a good interaction. So it was F the police and then, that what that did was that made us gravitate towards buying those records and then hearing that music what it does is it puts you under a spell and you're like and now it's popular because now you're seeing videos you're seeing the imagery and that right there is intriguing to anybody young and coming up in the mid 80s early 90s if you wasn't a tough guy then you wasn't nothing. It was not cool to be smart. It was cool to be smart in my school. However, you had to be tough as well. If you weren't tough, then you you had to play dumb. That's just what it was. And um, so I always pride myself of, I've o- I've always passed all my classes, but I could kick your butt at the same time. <laughs> so, you know, that's just what it was. And that music became the popular music and, the record industry saw that this is a big money maker, And regardless to what anybody says, when you see a dollar sign in it, and this is a capitalist society, you see dollar signs in it. If it's not affecting, if we're not having shootouts in my neighborhood, who cares what they do out there in the inner city? Because we're not going uptown anyway. They got to come down here. And as soon as they, we see them with their, timberland boots on they're going to jail and or they can't even afford to be down here so we don't care but guess what sign those guys send the anrs out to those clubs uptown make sure they, they find those guys and if the crowd is screaming for that one person you you invite him downtown to this record label because we need to sign this person and we can make money off of this and record labels and the ind- they created an industry, and they got big. I mean, everybody was eating high off the hog.
0: This this strikes me a little bit, and and I'm I. I, I don't want to be offensive when I say this, um, but there is this air of almost cultural appropriation, and that you had this thing hip hop that you created to unify, to speak out, to find a voice, to do good things. And parallel to it, we have a very angry, disempowered, disenfranchised, you know, treated poorly section of our population and you know, they immediately got gravitated towards this, you know, fighting back, speaking up, saying things, which oftentimes they couldn't say in real life, because, you know, let's face it, I could get away with saying, you know, unless he sees my rainbow flag, I can get away with saying 10 times more mouthy things to a police officer than a young black man can, with with no consequence. I mean, that is just the reality of it. But I feel like, that the at the end of the day, we're still watching a bunch of um, old, hateful white men with puppet strings that are making money on the back doors, again, of culturally appropriating and then spinning it in a way that they are playing both ends. They play out that there is a lesser a, a, a lesser civilized culture in, pe- in people of color and make money off them and feed that money into it. And so you take somebody who doesn't have any financial um, upbringing or ability to know how to manage wealth and then you, you play them. And it, it literally makes me sick to my stomach to think that there are still a lot of old white men you know, fueling the, fam- the the flames of all of the the most negative aspects we have of people of color that are making money off culturally appropriating this stuff, and they're in the shadows.
1: You on you onto it, and I like to add on is this music, this cultura uh, culture, this genre of music, right? Because it is music. Um, it was created by the youth and our parents at the time that it was being created our parents didn't approve of it either before it it became this uh before the the vulgarity came into play in the gangster lyrics it was turn that garbage off uh it's not gonna last uh you guys are out in the park uh you're tearing up you you're you're vandalizing these trains and these buildings uh you guys are are doing this dance that looks crazy you're gonna break your neck so <laughs> there was no one that was of a certain age and had any business sense to say you know what this is ours and we're going to have parameters for this thing of ours and No one's gonna come in and dictate what this thing should be because when it became business, what happened? uh, They replaced the DJ with the dats. Now DJs are coming back, but they replaced the DJs with the dats. Um, They replaced the dancers for entourage on stage. And they replaced the the breakdancing, so everything went overseas. Because when you go overseas, Germany, Japan, uh, London, Paris, uh, you name it, Australia. When you go to those places, they have a more they have, and even Vegas too. I will say Vegas, because always when I moved out here, that's when I said Vegas is almost like overseas. They have more of an appreciation for the culture in general and not just the music like the United States. But um, there was no one to guide us. So yep. if, you hand, if you hand a young kid a check for $5,000 and say, hey, listen, I wanna record a contract and we're gonna give you a lawyer because they don't have money for lawyers. We're gonna give you a lawyer which is on the record label's payroll. (laughs) Um, All we need is a consent from from, uh, either the Supreme Court, if you're you're too young, or your parents to come down so that they can sign the record deal with you or give us permission. Or when you, uh, or a promissory to when you reach the age of 18, you can sign this record deal. And guess what? Now, all you got was $5,000 and your show money if you could get shows. And that's just how it was. That's why Jay-Z had that lyric, I'm overcharging people for what they did to the cold crush.
0: So let me ask you a question. When you, uh, uh, did anybody else want to answer a question? I, I don't want to be like, OK. <laughs> so,
1: it's okay, we're having fun. I mean, I'm having fun. Talk to me, I'm here. <laughs> um, so what,
0: when somebody that is not of the culture writes something in that, like that style, how, do, how does that, is, is that taken poorly on hip hop? Uh, you know, is there this like, hey, why is this white guy writing a hip hop song?
1: No, or, no, go ahead. no, because you had you had the Beastie Boys who started, okay? They were on Def Jam. So you had the Beastie Boys who started with uh um Run DMC, then you had uh rappers like Everlast, uh rappers like um Marky Mark, Mark Wahlberg from the Funky Bunch. Uh you had so uh so many other rappers uh house of pain and the only one who who got the most criticism for being a white rapper oh i can't i can't forget kid rock of course from detroit but um the only one who got really criticized and ran through the ringer was and he sold so many records was vanilla ice and the reason for that is because these guys who i mentioned they had some sort of street credibility and they weren't trying to compromise uh, themselves in order to to fit in. So if you saw Marky Mark, you knew that his brother was Donnie from New Kids on the Block. But if you've ever been to Boston before and ever been to Southie Projects, you're like, wow, they live just like us. And this is all white. So yeah. at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's no different. You're going to give, you have to have some sort of uh, street credibility or be true to yourself. And you're accepted into hip hop because once again, now I say that it, it's a culture, but it's more like a religion.
0: So it's interesting, uh, you know, and th- there's actually a reason why I ask it because uh, I don't know, five, six, seven years ago, I, I lose track of time. I uh, I had a, a manager who was going to book me, who was trying to get me booked in a tour he was setting up uh, to talk because I have several books out on ADD and ADHD, and I look at it as a gift, and I look at it as part of the evolutionary process, and I, you know, and we shouldn't be medicating these kids, and I've been very vocal, and because I was going to go around to schools, I I wrote a I wrote a rap song to get the kids, you know, like to get the local kids to see if I could get them on stage to learn the rap song I wrote, to do the rap song that kind of was the voice of the ADD kid who's saying, don't medicate me. Like, you tell me don't do drugs, and then you give me drugs. Right. And so, I, and I did it in a, in a rap. I wrote a song in a rap because I felt like it was the one that would be most well, you know, it would, it would speak most to the kids. It was an energy that kids who are, who oftentimes with, with labels like ADD, feel like outsiders, feel stuff like that. And then I wondered coming into this interview, I'm like, I wrote this rap song. People would look at me and go, you wrote a rap song? Like, that's just wrong.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what? I, I will say this, uh, what made it easy for uh, quote unquote white people to rap, uh, Blondie, the uh, the mm. singer, she was like one of the first people to do a rap song in her her song. So, um, and that was kind of like the time where we kind of cross over. And when I say cross over, just letting letting other other people if you're white or whatever you are, let them know that you could do this too. And I think that was like the birth of what the Beastie Boys did out in Brooklyn. And then it just spiraled out of control. Now you have a a bunch of white rappers out there that are incredible. I mean, you got Eminem, he's gonna go down in history. Um, There's another kid out of Philly who's on the come up. He's kind of hardcore, his name is OT The Real. And um, I'll put him up against anybody in a in a battle, because he's he's just that good.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm not looking to be a rapper. Trust me. Right?
1: <laughs> I'm not
0: planning on song myself. I was I was I was I was writing it for to get the kids who will be most oppressed and disenfranchised by the school system that had that that had an interest to rap the song to be able to give them voice. Because that's what I look at is that rap has this great potential to give voice for people that don't feel like they have a voice. But then unfortunately, the other side is some of this other stuff we've talked about earlier in the show came in that it also sent what I feel are wrong messages at times that, that encourage violence or encourage rape or encourage hate. And that, you know, and it's like separating it out that, um, you know, how, because to me, I'm always looking at how can you empower somebody? How can you move somebody forward? And I think rap can be very powerful in doing that. But if you don't have the lyrics in a way that people can understand them and they only pick up that, you know, hey, you know, um, you know, you know. Grabbing my woman and forcing her free, I mean like I, you know what not really a good message I want to have out there. I think that there's a probably a lot of women that would agree with me.
1: no, you're absolutely right, and um the what you said is what rap was created for for the voice of the unheard, yeah, and that is what it is. It's for the oppressed and the disenfranchised, and what you're witnessing is now, um, and this is, you know, a lot of people say, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist, but what I think that you're witnessing when you bring up the, the, uh, the vulgar lyrics and all, all of the negativity, that's being pushed because it's being pushed to destroy a certain demographic of people. It might not be just a race, but it's a class thing. Now, it, it's it, a lot of stuff. People want to use the race thing, but it's—I it, mean, in my opinion, people who aren't uh, people who aren't racist understand that it's a class thing. Yeah. But people who are racist like to paint the narrative that it is a race thing, and it still and always will be. Um, but what I'm saying is. A lot of these machines, and I'm talking about the industry, there is a plot to, hey, we'll pay you to promote these guys because there are a group of people and alphabet boys, if you will, who say, this is the music that fuels the youth. So our privatized prisons, this is how we're going to do it we're going to give you money to promote these group of artists and not these. You can get your money, but they're but they're, they're not, we're not gonna play them on the radio anymore. We don't need them to think, but we need these promote the drugs, the drug use and the violence. And yep. then now we're gonna make money here. We're gonna make money here. We're gonna make money here. Now they might not be telling the record labels that per se, but They are working with them and saying, hey, listen, we'll pay you to play this and play that. And that's what's happening because um, around, I would say, 1993, the end of 93, going into 94, is when all of the positivity in hip-hop music started to dwindle away from the radio stations. And it was all about how much money I got. How 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 many women I have? Uh, I, I I'm gonna shoot this person and that person, and that was what it is. So now if you're pumping this into people and you dressing it up, um, if you looked at Fifty Cent's cover, I wish I had it right here. His first his first album, Get Rich or Die Trying, Get Rich or Die Trying, and then there was a bullet hole through a window, and he had on his he had on a a, a gun holster made out of Gucci. And basically what that is, is it, it was all polished up and glossed up. It looks real attractive to the the listener because you're young and you're like, oh, I mean, when I performed, I would perform with a bulletproof vest on, not because somebody was going to shoot me, but because it looked cool. I, that's what it was. Look,
3: Kevin, we can't, we, we're actually running out of time. We're out of time.
0: Okay. <laughs> so. Yeah. LS, is there any way you want us to like contact you, anything you want to promote? You got 45 seconds before they yell at me.
1: Okay, so um, yes. Uh, please watch us every Friday, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. That's 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This is Hip Hop Radio on 22.3 Takeover Vegas Radio. I'm LS alongside of DJ Miss V and we are This is Hip Hop Radio.
2: Share this video, LS. We will be here next, uh, what, two weeks, right? Will Edwards, funny dude, catch him, but LS, put the video out, share it for us. Dr. Kevin, Elmer, it's always a pleasure. Um, I'm Rain Thomas.